Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and Taryn Hatcher and myself have a very special podcast for you today as we are joined by the Lamaru twins, Jocelyn Lamaru Davidson and Monique Lamaru Mirando. We are so, so excited to have them both on to chat about their book, Dare to Make History Chasing a Dream and Fighting for Equity. I, I wanted to ask, what was just the biggest reasons and inspirations for, for this book. I believe it's been a two-year process, so I'm sure it's been long, but uh, I'm sure you're absolutely thrilled to have it come out. Um, so I know it hasn't been easy, but what have you enjoyed about telling your story and just what were the biggest inspirations behind the book? Well, I think to we were, had to be encouraged that our story was interesting enough to tell. Um, our story and, and our team's story, um, we kind of – like to fly under the radar. We don't really think we're all that interesting to be honest. Um, but after being encouraged by a few people, uh, we, we started with the book proposal. Uh, we ended up getting a, a deal with uh, radius book group. And then two years later, starting from a blank page and now having a full blown hardcover book, it, it's pretty exciting. But I think the most enjoyable part was, the reflection process that you have to have to be able to write about your life. Um, I think that was really just a something new for us that we've never done before because we've never written a book before. And so it really just made us reflect on a lot of our experiences, a lot of uh, different things that have happened in our life that have shaped the way we, we view things that um, just has changed our perspective in different ways. And so we're, really grateful for the opportunity and it, it was fun to do it together. What is it that you hope readers kind of come away with from reading this book? Because sharing about your life is such a, a personal thing and, and I don't know what it takes to write a book, but I've heard it's tons and tons of work, lots of your time. Um, I know you have kids, you've obviously had an incredibly ac accomplished careers as well. Um, so I'd imagine this is kind of a personal process to reflect on your life and share it with people. What do you hope that people take away from your message and your experiences? Yeah, you're, you're right. It's a, um, we kind of broke the book up into four sections. And so like, there's obviously telling our story from childhood growing up and the different barriers that we face because we didn't have uh, girls teams to play on growing up. And so it's kind of like our early years uh, into college and at the start of the national team. And then a big, a big part of the story that we thought was extremely important to tell was our team's fight for, for gender equity with uh, USA hockey and our negotiations and almost boycotted the world championships in 2017. We, we knew that was a, a very important story to tell. 
Uh, and then we obviously talk about our gripping um, experience with the 2018 Olympic gold medal game and our experiences and our role uh, in that in that victory, which was that part of the process was pretty like fun just to go through and just to recollect all the memories and different um, moments that we remember throughout that process. And then kind of our post Olympics, what we've been really inspired to do to, to make a difference with our Olympic platform and how, um, I mean, being an Olympian, it gives you a platform to do what you want with it. Being an Olympic champion just elevates that platform to an exponential amount. So uh, we think that people can take away a lot and it's not just for for hockey players, it's not just for girls. We think the book is for everyone and people can take away so many different lessons from it. Yeah, and I think it's important that we shared, like it wasn't just, you know, the the wins and the victories that we share. We share a lot of the, um, the, the moments of adversity in our life, whether that's on or off the ice. And so we thought that was really important to share that a genuine picture and draw a genuine mm-hmm. picture of what what tough experiences have been like, um, in our life. And nobody wants to hear about how perfect your life is. Um, and so we wanted to be very honest and, and I think along that way or along our journey, we've been inspired to want to give back and make a positive impact. And we want to inspire others to do the same thing, no matter what they're chasing, no matter what dreams they're trying to accomplish, we all have opportunities to make a difference in somebody's life. I love that because it's so funny. I, I was rewatching uh, the 2018 gold medal game and um, I was watching a YouTube clip today. I was, I was getting chills watching it, seeing, uh, seeing Monique's game tying goal, uh, Jocelyn's the shootout winner. Um, and people probably see that and they think, oh, well, they just got there. But no, there's, there was challenges and adversity faced before that. So I'm, I'm so excited to read that. Um, and I love hearing you both talk about playing with boys when you were younger. And I was curious, was there any kind of aha moment where you, where it kind of clicked that, that you guys knew that you were pretty good and you really wanted to be leaders within women's hockey? Well, I think like growing up, we, we didn't have girls teams to play on. We didn't really have any a women's team to watch growing up. Uh, the University of North Dakota didn't have a women's team until we were, I think, in middle school. I believe so we just always watched men's hockey or boys hockey um but we were on the boys teams we played on we were either the best or amongst the best players um on our team and and in the state of north dakota so we we knew we were pretty good and then when we started actually doing some girls tournaments here and there and we were did really well we'd go up and play uh go and play in minneapolis and in minnesota and realize okay we're, we're doing pretty well and then i think our first um development camp where it's like the top 120 girls in your age group the first camp we went to we weren't the best players but we knew that we were in the conversation like hillary knight kelly stack like players that were mainstays on the national team for so many years were at that camp as well and so i think when we went to that first camp we realized okay the Olympics is definitely attainable, but from such a young age, we were always inspired to be in the Olympics. And we just, I think we just never had a doubt in our mind that we were going to somehow find a way to go to the Olympics one day. Have you felt how much of an impact that really has on not even just young girls, but their dads who want to show them something that they want to do or people in general, in terms of like having some respect for women who play sports, because I know I can speak for myself and other female broadcasters that I know. A lot of us decided to go into sports broadcasting because either A, we weren't good enough, or B, there were no professional women's sports leagues for the sports we like to play. And so you're like, okay, this is 
next best thing. This is the adjacent thing. But you guys have really done the work in terms of giving girls and women a space to play and be respected. And I'm, I'm curious if you've had any of those moments where you've felt that yourself from what you've seen develop outside of your careers. Well, I think some of the most impactful conversations that we've had um, have been surrounded by events and older women come up and talk to us about they weren't, they weren't allowed to play hockey. They weren't allowed to play on the boys teams and how proud they are that we've paved the way for, for young girls to have more opportunities than certainly them, but more opportunities than us. And I think those have been very impactful. Um, Men who have daughters who just want their daughters to have the same opportunities that they had or same opportunities that their sons have. Um, And I think we, we always appreciate those conversations or someone willing to share their story because ultimately like that's, that's what matters. Um, Yes, the gold medals are great. And those are things that we've strived to, to win our entire lives, but how you change the game for the next generation, how you create more opportunities and really make a difference outside the context of just playing the sport is important. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious as to what's what's next for you both. I, I believe, um, Monique, you have a, a second boy coming along the way. And um, just also curious if you guys uh, are, are, do you have any uh, inspirations to get into coaching or uh, what's next? Yes, I'm actually due in about two and a half weeks. So I need him to stay in there for the next two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, You're doing a press tour? Oh, my goodness. Good for you, yeah. seriously. So he needs to stay put for the next, for the time being. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, so aside from adding another child into our family, we're, we have the book stuff that's coming out. We've actually, we started a foundation two years ago now. And so we've really, with COVID and everything happening, that's really allowed us a lot more time to, to dedicate and focus into our foundation. And so we're really happy about the progress we've made in the last couple of months. And it's geared towards helping underprivileged youth in the education or extracurricular space. And so we're really excited about what we have coming uh, with that. But as far as coaching, Jocelyn's volunteering mm-hmm. on the U15 girls team in town. Um, but we know that the next big step for women's hockey is having a sustainable professional league. And there's the PWHPA, which Jocelyn's a part of the board um, currently. And so I'll let you speak to that. Cause yeah, I mean, I think we, we want to stay involved in hockey and in some capacity, what that yeah. exactly look like, looks like we're not, we're not sure yet, but um, I can say immediately that we're staying involved with the PWHPA and committed mm-hmm. to that mission of creating a sustainable league in North America 
And like Monique said, that's the next big step for women's hockey. Um, Monique said it earlier in the interview, we grew up watching men's hockey because you could only watch women's hockey once every four years for two weeks for the Olympics. And so we believe that, that women's hockey is at a place where fans want to watch more than just once every four years. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be an infrastructure where, where you can watch as a fan, where you can see the best players in the world every single season, not just on the Olympic year. And so um, we're, we're committed to, to being a part of that uh of, of that movement and we're really excited about the progress that we've made we just announced partnerships with the rangers the leafs the blackhawks just last week um and there's a couple more coming down the line um but we're done with the flyers last year too yeah so we're just, we're really excited about the progress um that we've made this year even despite covid there's been a lot of positive momentum so we're in the immediate future we'll be involved with the, with them you know, it's interesting because between you guys talking about both uh, having a child and the development of the Women's Professional League, I, when your retirement and, and reading about it stoked some memory in me about fighting for maternity leave, fighting for equitable, equitable pay, things that in a normal workplace setting um, should be there uh, and, and generally are taken for granted, I think maybe that not everyone has that there. Um, And it's such a credit to you because pioneering those off ice, less fun missions are really so crucial and so important. What's the next next thing that you feel like you'd like to see happen to either, you know, even out the playing field a little bit or help support women's hockey, Team USA, women's hockey, you know, what, what do you think is the next step there? Yeah, so we negotiated historic contracts back in 2017, and so those contracts are up in the next month or so. Uh, so we're currently on the committee of players that is renegotiating that contract, and so the the goal in the immediate future would be to build off of that contract. We certainly don't want to go backwards and not stay in the in the same place. But we we were able to get maternity benefits in our last contract, so it w- allowed us the option to to come back after we had our boys. Uh, so many athletes, and not just ho- female hockey players, so many athletes are put in the position, do I do I start a family or do I continue to play? Like it's, it's one or the other, and it, it just really shouldn't be a choice. You should be able to have the option and the resources in place to to make the, that decision for the right reasons. And so we were able to have our boys come back to uh, the national team and go to camps all last year. And then ultimately we decided to retire, but I think we're at peace with that decision because we had, we got to make that decision for the right reasons, but yeah, in the immediate future, just continuing to build off that contract. Uh, I think if we can continue to do that and make positive strides, it's going to continue to grow the game um, at, at the top, but then also from a grassroots level, because we truly believe that if you can see the best female hockey players in the world playing year in and year out on the national team. It's going to inspire more young girls, just like the 98 team inspired us to play. Yeah. And I think a great example um, or a great NGB to follow as far as national teams go is is women's team USA soccer. Um, 
the She Believes Cup has been on TV, has been on national TV the last couple of days. And um, what what Team USA has has created, I mean, their their best players are like their people know their names, their common household names. They're not just soccer fans who know them. Like my husband doesn't really like soccer but he knows the best players on the team. He knows probably or recognizes half of their names if he just listed the roster. And so I think um, seeing what U.S. soccer has built um, and the She Believes Cup is a great example, I think is something that that would be amazing to model something like that for the women's hockey team after. It would be a great opportunity, I think. And it's amazing because they pull more viewers than Team USA men's soccer does. So there you go. Just proves people will tune in. They will watch, guys. And you mentioned before that you didn't want the book to be all about, look at how perfect we are, look at all that we've accomplished. But I have to wonder, was there ever a story when you were going back down memory lane and you were trying to you know, show some of the pitfalls of setting high goals and working towards them in life, where one of you suggested a story and the other one was like, we're not putting that in there. There's no way I'm letting you include that in the book. Absolutely not. No, I think if anything, we encouraged each other to to do, put those stories in the book. Um, I think one of the stories that we felt very strongly about was um, one of our brothers uh, struggled with mental illness when he was in high school, and he's talked about it publicly. And so it was more making sure he was okay with us talking about it. And that was something that uh, as siblings and as family members, you go through that as well and see – it was a huge learning experience for us and I think really shaped us in, in different ways. And so that was a story we felt like really needed to be told. And so I think when it came to the stories of adversity and struggles that we went through, it was like, it was like a no brainer that, yeah, we have to talk about those because no one wants to hear about how everything's great and grand. Like people want to know the, the hardships that you go through. And I think we were pretty open to that, to that process and they're in the, in going through, going down memory lane, as you said. <laughs> So I know so many young girls and women still to this day face barriers in sports, not even just playing sports or women that want to work in sports. Um, for, for you, for you both, that so many people are going to be looking up to your stories. Well, what would your message be to young girls or women that face barriers uh, and struggle when uh, they're, they're probably at a crossroads of whether they want to continue to do this or not? Well, I think one thing is if, if you don't have a goal for yourself or you're not willing to, to set goals for yourself um, that may present barriers, no one else is going to set those goals for you. And so not being afraid to have those ambitious goals and then chasing those dreams that you have. It's, I mean, anything worth doing is, is not going to be easy. Obviously, the, the barriers that many women face in the sporting world um, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily fair, but I think if you surround yourself with, with good people and you have the right mentors and you have the, can, can make the right connections, you can find the right people to work with, find the right program or organization that values you as an employee. Um, I think that's really important. And I mean, I think, Women, women are breaking barriers left and right in the sporting world right now and on the business end and on the coaching side. And so it's exciting to see, but there's still so much more work to be done. Um, but, you know, we want to be a part of inspiring more women to, to not shy away from the, from the jobs or the, the sporting, you know, and inspire them to go for those reasons. If that's what they want, then they should go for it. 
piggyback off that is also knowing when to walk away. I think when you're, I think, I think back to our um, negotiations and our dad actually asked us, he's like, well, what if USA hockey replaces you after we had threatened to boycott? And he was, what if you guys get replaced and then you guys jeopardize your chances of the making an Olympic team? And Jocelyn just matter of fact, he said, well, I can put my head on my pillow at night knowing I did the right thing and I stand by our decision as a team to do this. And I think that we understood that we knew our value as a team and what we could accomplish. And we also knew at what point we were willing to walk away. And so I think understanding that and what kind of what that bottom line is for, for so many women that work in different fields where they might feel undervalued. Does it, how, how much more difficult do you think it makes things though? I know it's impossible to put yourself in an NHL player's, you know, head, but when they're going and they're, you know, negotiating their CBA, they're not talking about kind of basic fundamental like healthcare rights. Um, you know, it's insane. Like you can grow a human, but you can't come back. It, it just seems bizarre that on a certain level, it's like, we're having to play catch up on this side of things. And then I'm also training to try to win this country a gold medal. And that's a heavy burden to bear. Do you think it, it takes a disproportionate toll to have to kind of do both of those things and work at both aspects of that avenue? I think women athletes, female athletes bear the, the burden of that a lot of times, unfortunately. But at the same time, it's something that we, we want to take on. We want to create change. We don't want young girls having to fight the same fights we've had to fight throughout our career. And unfortunately, like, yeah, you're right. When a men's NHL player any professional league player is negotiating their CBAs. They're not worried about a lot of the things we're worried about. Um, and so at a, as, at a basic fundamental level, it, I think it's frustrating that some of these things just haven't been automatic, but you have to start somewhere and being able to have a seat at the table from a player standpoint is, is important to us. And we feel like, um, these negotiations coming up will be the last opportunity for us to kind of put our stamp on the, on the national team program. And we're really proud of that and want to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, I think female athletes just, just bear that burden more than male athletes. I mean, you're not, I mean, you just think of the world cup for women's soccer yeah. two, two years ago now, and they were, they were in pending litigation during the world cup and they go and they perform and they win and they win pretty convincingly. And so to think of all the pressure that's on them on an athlete side, but then on the professional side as well, as far as what they're doing outside of their sport. And that's almost, it's, I think it's almost becoming a little bit of an expectation for women in sports. I look at the WNBA and what they were just able to negotiate with their CBA last year, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And so it's, unfortunately it's becoming just like, what one comes with the other and that's just the way it is but that in order to move female sports forward that's just what the top athletes have to do right now i also think that women are showing that athletes can be more than just athletes true <laughs> yeah and they're not just a, a one-stop shop for for being good at their sport flyers talk is presented by wells fargo when our communities need us wells fargo is here to help well, I wanted to ask a, a, more of a away from sports question. Uh, 
I, I'm sure both, uh, I, I'm sure so many people look up to you as, as athletes, women athletes, but things that you enjoy to do away from sports, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it's about family, but what are things that you both enjoy away from sports? I would say going to the lake in the summers where we have, we both have cabins that are about 800 feet from each other. And so going to the lake on the weekends is a big one, but like now that we're retired, like our schedule doesn't revolve around training and we're like as athletes when we're training at, at an elite level, like everything revolves around, okay, I have to train at this time and what am I going to do to be at my best now? Like that whole mindset mindset gets to shift. And so we, like we're talking like, oh, we can have like so many more three-day weekends at the lake this summer, <laughs> that type yeah. of thing. And so I think just looking forward to being able to like take our foot off the gas when it comes to a training aspect and then and and now having the time to figure out what we like to do outside of hockey. Yeah, I think I would like to golf a little more, but I'm two year old at home, so <laughs> maybe in a couple of years and he can like come on the cart or something, that would be easier. <laughs> Um, but just uh, having a having a toddler, um, I enjoy sleeping and slipping in and <laughs> so that's always nice. Sleeping and washing your hair and like basic human needs, really. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned training and and all the time that goes into it. I'm I'm curious if you had to, if someone told you, okay, we we really want you to come back, so you need to start training tomorrow, or we want you to write another book, but we need it six months from now. Which one would you rather do? Which one was more work? <laughs> the exhale that just came from both of you. I wish people could see it. I think, I mean, I think they would take equally the same amount of time to put into it. I think I would rather just come back in six months. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather train because then you get the benefit of being fit, like really fit. <laughs> That's so there, that's, that's why everyone needs to go buy and read this book. That is how much work this goes into this whole yeah, process. Yeah. That's yeah, two-year process. Incredible. Well, I, I know I speak on Taryn's behalf and myself, of course. Uh, this has been a real treat for us. Thank you so much, Jocelyn and Monique, for joining us. Congratulations on all your accomplishments and your playing days, and uh, very excited to see what the next chapter is for both of you. There it is, Dare to Make History, Chasing a Dream and Fighting for Equity. Uh, Taryn Hatcher, thank you so much as always. A special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer, and Flyers fans. As always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.